0: We're going into this series called Lyrics and Lies, and what we're doing throughout this entire month is talking about some of the lies that society has been telling us, that culture has been telling us, and deciphering okay, what is actually a lie, and what is the truth? What is God's truth? What does God actually want for our relationships, no matter what stage we're in? Because the lies that culture tells us, they go so deep, so deep that we begin to think that they're actually the truth, and we allow them to dictate how we. Um, how we live this area of our lives so as a community we want to have this conversation so what's going to happen tonight is we are going to have this conversation up on stage in a moment i'm going to invite some of my friends to come up and we're going to chat a little bit about this um and then afterwards you guys can go off into crews we have four crews that are going to be happening tonight if you don't want to join a crew grab some of your friends and continue to have this conversation with them so that we don't just stay stuck in these ruts but we actually allow this to change our lives. So I'm going to invite up um, the panelists to come um, they're going to grab their seats. And yeah, you can thank them for coming, we're so excited. So what tonight's conversation is going to be about is about singleness. Now I know from our Instagram poll this last week that there is a good portion of you who are not single and you're thinking right now this is not going to be beneficial to me. Well, I want to argue that I think this conversation is actually beneficial for everyone, no matter what stage of life you are in. Because it is something that has so much stigma around it, something that, um, at some point, we all experienced. And it's something that, if you are single, um, you want to learn more about it. But if you aren't, I think this is a great way to learn how you can care for your friends who are, how to journey with those people. And so we're going to start this conversation we have Gerald here. He is on our prayer team. Uh, we have, yeah, give it up for Gerald.
1: Thank you very much.
0: We have Matthew Povey, and he is the youth pastor at Church of the Rock. He came to join us hey, tonight. And to see we have one of my good friends, Kirsten, and she is on the lead team uh, for the cafe. And there's something very excited, exciting that happened this past week, Kirsten. If you... Yeah, go for it. Um, I got engaged yesterday. (laughs) So, as you can tell, she is not single, Um, but Kirsten is someone that we've had so many conversations about this, and I know that what she has to say and what God has taught her is going to benefit all of us. And fun fact about Kirsten, her and her fiancé now, wow, crazy. That's weird to say. Yeah. Her and her fiance, Braden met exactly a year ago on the first week of the relationship series last year. So, just saying, pressure is on just for the of rest us. of us. You never know who you're going to meet here, so go to a crew. Those things are great. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's just dive right in here. Um, let, let's know, what is your current experience with singleness or your past experience? Where are you along in the stage of relationships? Let's start with Gerald, and we'll work our way okay, down. Okay,
1: well, I am currently divorced and very single. So that's, I mean,
0: not just single guys. Very
1: single. Yeah. I mean, so we went through like three years of separation. I really wanted to work things out and it didn't work out. So I'm recently divorced as of just the end of 2019. And so it's like, I'm like, I've been single-ish for a long time, but now I'm actually single. So it's like, wow very single. Now I'm very single. Yeah. It's like <laughs>
0: single, actually single, I'm very yeah. single. Yeah, if
1: there's a check mark, it'll be like underneath that very single too, probably. So.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right on. Yeah, I'm um, Yeah. I'm, I'm dating someone right now. That's it.
0: And, and why are you up here then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did I invite you to be a part of this conversation?
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm 31, so I guess I've had a lot of years of dating and trying things out and things not working and I think I've learned a lot from my mistakes. I think that's why I'm up here.
3: And uh, I'm, well, I'm engaged now. I am 28 and spent most of my 20s being single. If like, I mean, on on and off relationships, like short ones, but the majority of the time was single. And before uh, dating my now fiance, was single for about three to three and a half years. And uh, during that time specifically, I think God just taught me a lot. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm
0: currently single, and there's not really anything else to share about that. Um, so how
1: single? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: Gerald, tell me how single am I.
1: You can't all Gerald be very single like me. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I guess I'm very single. Uh, anyway, let's continue on. Okay. So in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, Paul talks about singleness as a gift. Um, would you describe singleness, singleness this way? Why or why not? Whoever wants to go. Is singleness
1: a gift? I'd say so. Like, I think you can do a lot more and you have a lot more freedom when you're single. Um, But when you find the right person... What
0: does that freedom mean? When you find the right person,
1: you have that freedom, too. But I think that, like, for me, I always put that relationship, that romantic relationship, on a pedestal. And then it sort of kept me from achieving my own freedom of what I really wanted to do. And I always let that person not hold me back, but sort of direct my life in a way that maybe I wouldn't have if I was single.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think um, society likes to place value on people based on certain things. Do you do well at your job? Do you, um, do you have lots of great friends? Are you well liked on social media? And so, you know, relationships are being engaged or having, you know, good uh, relationships with the opposite sex, getting married, having kids. This is another, a lot of people feel insecure about themselves. Uh, including myself, and w- this is one of these things where we feel like this is an indicator of of my worth or my value, and so a lot of people will sh- see that in 1 Corinthians 7, where it says, you know, singleness is a gift. It's actually better to be single. This is what Paul's saying, and then also in uh, Jesus says this in Matthew 19, the exact same thing, just in a different way about eunuchs, and I've never ever heard that preach, and when I did hear that preach, it was like, well, at the time, Paul was saying this because there's persecution, so probably not a good idea, you know, to get married, um, uh, or it's probably a good idea to stay single, um, and so I think a lot of us just brush that gift away, um, and so we, we instead use it as a barometer, am I, you know, am I defective? Why, am I been, why have I been single for so long? Why is it not working with anybody? Um, so I think that's a challenge that I think a lot of us face.
0: And it's crazy how much, like, that can tie into your identity of, mm-hmm. like, I, I had a youth ask me the other day, um, we were talking about relationships, and they're like, oh, are you single? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how are you still single? And then it makes me think, I'm like,
1: yeah. Oh, that's the worst.
0: It's like, okay, what's, like, all of the things that are wrong with me? But it <laughs> kind of, like, ties in with your identity of, oh, if I'm not in a relationship, there must be something wrong.
2: Brittany, have you ever had a guy you liked talk to you? And you're like, why are you still single? And you're like, yeah. And then he does nothing about it. <laughs> Do you ever, have you ever had that experience? No comment. Okay. You had that experience? <laughs> it's like, why would you say that to me?
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's something no one should ever ask. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this idea of singleness as a gift, it can be, for some people, it's like they hear and they're like, yes, like this is such a great season of my life. Like, I don't know, Gerald, we were talking the other day and I'm like, so how are you feeling about being single? And you're like, I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's great because you get like, I don't know, I was married so it was like a new level of not freedom in that and realizing, <laughs> But okay, realizing that it's because I didn't really choose the right partner and I think that being single now I have learned that lesson that in church you always are taught to accept people and to tolerate people and to love everyone no matter where they're at in life and I took that to mean my significant other too and maybe I should have been more choosy and more particular about really focusing on where I wanna be in life five years, 10 years from now, and where my spouse um, wants to be, and we can go in the same direction together, instead of having to always butt heads on that and tolerate and learn. Like, I learned a lot from it, but I think that being choosy is something that I learned, so.
0: Oh, for sure, have high standards. Yeah. Standards are great. Standards yeah. are great, But then the I drive a standard. <laughs> Well, it's not exactly the same. <laughs> that but. is a
1: great. Just saying. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I don't know. It's like, th- so there's that one side, and then there's the people that think, like, singleness is a gift. Like, no way is a season of my life a gift. Like, this is such a hard season, and I know, like, Kirsten, you've experienced some of that. Um, so, like, how do you view the passage that says, like, oh, singleness is a gift? Do
3: you see it as a gift also? I mean, I think, first of all, never – say that to a single person like oh this is such a gift (laughs) because in the moment especially if they're talking to you about being frustrated with being single they definitely don't think it's a gift at that moment um so this isn't this is something that I would looking back on my season of singleness I can say yes God used it very well and in some ways it was a gift um but in like in the thick of it I think it was hard to see that because you kind of need to look back and see 2020. And so, like, looking back now, I can see, like, wow, like, so much of what I learned and so much of how I got close to God was through going to him and saying, like, God, like, I'm, like, struggling with this. Like, why don't I have a, like, partner? Why does this person is married? This person is married. And, like, I think, like, where this breakup happened and I had to run to God. And so God used it to draw me to him. So in that way, it was a gift for me, but I never liked hearing that it was a gift.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, on the topic of things that you don't like hearing, how often have we heard, like, oh, if you are single and you don't like it, you are just being discontent, and you just have to learn how to be content with your lives. So, like, what do you guys think about that? What do you think about is singleness, is discontentment a bad thing?
3: No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, explain yourself. I think this is one of the lessons that God taught me, because I, I spent so long being ashamed of the fact that I wanted a relationship, and the fact that I was at times unhappy with my singleness, and like, don't get me wrong, I had a great full life, like, I had amazing friends, I wasn't, it wasn't like every day I woke up and I was like, oh, single again, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like, there were times where I was like, okay, like, this is hard, God, but if you're told, like, to be content is to never feel that way, then you feel like, okay, wait, so I'm upset about being single, but now I'm also upset because clearly there's something wrong with my relationship with Jesus, if I'm feeling this way. And I don't really think that that's true of any feeling of discontentment that we have. I think if we let it rule our lives, that's a bad thing. Um, but I think if you feel discontent and you take it to God and talk to him about it, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Matthew, what do you think?
2: It, it depends on what you're discontent about. Yeah. If, if your discontentment brings you to a place where you, where you feel like you can't trust Jesus in this area, then that discontentment is going to lead you to a whole um, bucket full of of bad decision-making, right? So um, if I were to think about my discontentment, uh, it started when I was uh, younger in my early 20s and I was single for uh, a long time and people would come up and be like, why are you still single and all these questions and and you start wondering why, yeah, why? And uh, and then you'd have bad advice, right? Your friends would be like, oh, you're just looking for that Unicorn out there, you're, you're not going to find that person. You need to, in a way, they said like lower your standards, yeah. and so I went. F- I went from one pendulum going like, okay, maybe I'm like this, and then I, I swapped to the other side, which was so. So the uh, first approach was look for the unif- unicorn, and the second approach was leave no stone left unturned. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> also a bad approach. <laughs> and uh, and and so. So you find yourself um, in, these, in these kind of discontented states. And what, what it led me to, it led me to, to strive. led me to st- okay, I have to make this happen. I've got to lead this person well. Um, if, if I do everything right, then they're gonna say yes to me when I you know, want them to marry me. Uh, well, if I wanna keep this person, maybe I'm going to uh, relax some of my uh, boundaries, physical boundaries. And there's a lot, or, you know, um, dating non-Christians, you know, should we be doing that? These sorts of questions that pop up in your mind because you're you're s- desiring a relationship so much. You're idolizing a relationship. It says lyrics and lies. It should say Disney and lies because Disney <laughs> Disney just pr- creates the story for all of us. It's and so magical.
3: I no. I love Disney. I love
2: Disney too. Uh, but the story gets written on our hearts, doesn't it? And, uh, and so we, when we, then we realize, hey, why is this story not happening for me? We, we, instead of trusting God, um, we decide to make it happen on our own terms.
0: Okay, so then what's, like, the balance? Because I know that, like, in my own life I've struggled with that of, okay, God just, like, put someone in front of me. But then there's the other side of, like, no, I actually should go out and do something about it. Like, I can't just sit passive or, like, stay home every night, never actually be involved in a community. Like, so what's the balance of allowing God to work in this area of your life, but then also knowing that God has equipped us to make choices and to actually go out and pursue someone, where where's the middle ground there?
3: I think, like, it's totally, you're totally right that the first thing that you really need to do is make sure that you're trusting God, because if you don't have that, then nothing else is going to work out. Um, but my experience was, like, just, like, taking it to God and sort of, like, learning to listen to him. It was when I, like, learned to, just as you get to know his voice, then you can listen to where he's telling you that you're at. And so I took this to him and for a while he said, the message that he said to me um, was, you're in a season of waiting, but there's beauty in that and and I'm with you. And so I sort of clung to that for a long time and was just like, okay, Jesus, like we're, we're waiting together and that's okay. Um, and then sort of got to a point where I felt like, and honestly, who knows, maybe this was just from me, but it worked out. Um, where God was like, okay, but, like, you might need to do, like, something.
1: (laughs) Where he was like, you're
3: hanging out with the same people all the time. You aren't, like, changing who you're meeting. I'm going to need you to take a step, and then I'm going to, like, help you with that. So I think it's both, but I think it's holding anything, like, whatever you do, holding it with open hands. Like, and I think even in the beginning of my now relationship, we both kind of said all throughout it, we're like, if this isn't from God, then we don't want it. So, like, just going to God and asking for guidance, all throughout, it, where it's like, yeah, I want a relationship, but if this one isn't from God, then I don't want this one. Yeah, that's so important. Gerald, did you have something? I think,
1: yeah, it's basically that you ought to be balanced, um, staying within your comfort zone. You're not going to get anywhere, right? So it's finding where you can grow and growing towards what you want to be and finding someone along the way, I think.
0: So let's say, hypothetically, that I really want to meet someone, What is? Hypothetically, (laughs) this is a very hypothetical situation right now. (laughs) Oh, good, real. Okay, um, very single. (laughs) We were talking in the in the green room earlier. I'm like, I don't know how uh, how raw I'm going to get. Anyways, we'll see how far I go. Um, But okay, so hypothetically, I want to meet some. Like, what do I do? Where do I start? What do I? I don't want to just stay in my room and continue to pray about although I think that is so important and you're right like if God is not at the beginning of that then I mean I don't think I'll get anywhere but where do I start if I actually want to like take action in this
1: pursue your interests I think like I like art so maybe take an art class or maybe you like to play sports go join a a team and meet people that way meet people doing things that you want to be doing and get to know them I mean you can also like go on or whatever that is, right? I mean, you're going to be meeting people. You can have the standards. You can say, "Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm looking for this."
0: That opens a whole other question. What are your guys' thoughts on dating apps?
1: No comment.
3: <laughs> oh I think same thing. Like, fine, but like have standards. You know, they're yeah. don't just go for just anyone. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I th- I think um, for me it was trying to again realizing that worldly wisdom for me, wouldn't lead me anywhere good, and so if you say to yourself, hey, okay, I'm ready to go out there and start dating people, well, how, how do you know it's God's timing, right? You might be ready, but, you may, but the, your spouse may not be ready. They, might, they may be going through something, and so, so how do you know that it's God's timing in that moment, and so my life has been, or my, my time of singleness has been striving, striving, you know, more wisdom, getting more wisdom, find the magic bullet, find the, find the approach. And I got to the end of it and I felt like, you know what? There is no magic bullet. There is no approach that is going to guarantee something for you. Um, I have a, I had a friend um, who was uh, 23. And for years she wanted to be a mom, uh, but she had a heart condition. And one day out in Banff, she had a heart attack and died. And, uh, and so when people talk to me saying, you know, if, if you want a relationship in your life, is that something that you desire, then God's going to give it to you. And I thought that was, I, I understand that their heart is to comfort you in that moment. But I can't help but to think there, our worldly wisdom only gets us so far. You know that this person wanted to get, get into a marriage, but God took her home, right? And and so there's a there's a there's a bigger picture here. I feel yeah. like that we don't really tap into. And what maybe I'm not married because I'm I'm something's tragic going to happen to me, and God would rather, you know, me go home with Him instead of going home with a wife and three kids. And sometimes God I think spares us of um, or spares people of. Of some really crazy things, and so for for me, it's kind of like, okay, um, God, I trust you. Help me with my mistrust, and 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 it's it's just like that that uh, dad who brings his boy to Jesus. And says, you know, heal my son. And he goes, well, do you believe I can? And he says, I uh, I believe, but help my unbelief. There is this tension that we feel with God in everything in our lives. Yeah. Some things we we. We feel like we trust him so much, and then other things are like, no, I'm not gonna give the church ten percent of my money, right? No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wait for that that person that God you want me to be uh, to be with. And so it's this this tension in our hearts that we have to continue to trust him, and I think the best way to trust him is to is to spend time with him. For him for him yeah. to be your num- your number one, right? Um, this just happened to me recently in September, September 13th. I went on a, a media fast, so no video games, no Netflix, no scrolling through feeds, no nothing, because I was at, on, the ed- on the edge of burnout, and God wanted me just to spend time in his presence, and when I did that, I was blown away by the, the, the sense of depth and richness I had with the Lord, and it was something that I've never had before, and I thought to myself, if I had this richness and this depth if I had the most joy in him, that would have that made me way, it would have been way easier to go through my my period of, si- of sing- singleness. Yeah. And so I think a lot of us, we have these needs, we have these insecurities. And, um, you know, it says in the Bible, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Ladies, notice it doesn't say if you find a husband, you find a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it. Right? <laughs> and, and, and the Bible actually s- says um, in Genesis 3 where you know, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And, and in, in some um, translations, it says, you'll desire to control your husbands. How many times do you see that in relationships? Mm-hmm. And so, so it, which, which means a husband or a wife might fulfill a desire, but it won't fulfill your need, yeah, wow. right? And so your need is, with, is Jesus. Your need is to, is to come to him, him to be your first priority for you to trust in him, and then to seek first his kingdom, and if you need uh, a marriage, and if you need a relationship, God's going to add that to you as you seek his kingdom and his righteousness.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I find that, at least in my own life, like the more, yeah, do you want to clap for that? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, I bet the more time that I spend in the presence of God, the more that he gives me his heart, and so the desires that I have become actually his desires, and I mean, this is something that I learned in the past year, is that sometimes um, what I think I desire is not actually my true desire. Um, so for example, um, just, you know, going through some relationship stuff, um, last year, and, um, after when it was, uh, kind of ending, and it was hard, um, I was talking to someone, they pointed me to a verse, I think it's in Psalm 38, and it says, um, that God is going to give you the desires of your heart, and so I took that, and I was praying over that, and it's was like, but God, I thought this was the desire of my heart. Um, and he spoke really clearly to me that that itself, that person in itself was not your desire. And by not allowing you into that, I'm gonna give you your true desire. Mm-hmm. And that was so huge for me because um, that was just wanting to be in a relationship was just, that was, that was the surface level. That's what I, I thought I wanted, but deep down, Um, God gave me three things that I actually wanted and that he's actually, I think, promised me. Um, And those are the three things that I now pray over, and those are the actual desires. And so I know that God is going to give me those actual desires, and by not giving me what I think I want, he's saving me, and he's actually answering my prayers, Um, which was just, I don't, that was really huge for me. Um, Let's just move on a bit, though. So people often talk about while you're single and while you're in this season of singleness that you should be prepared or preparing yourself? What does that look like? What does it mean to be preparing yourself um, while you are single?
1: I guess like for me, it's it means like not focusing on necessarily getting into a relationship or putting pressure on myself in that way, but to be uh, intentional with my time, like daily devotion, praying, and getting involved with church, serving um, also careers and all that stuff. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I think that I need to be intentional with my own life before I can attach someone else to that, right? And so being prepared is for me means figuring myself out, learning who I really am and what I really want to accomplish and finding someone one day that wants the same things. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think in terms of like preparing for a relationship, you can, the best thing you can do is to know God and to know yourself because yeah. um, you want to be able to know like, am I going to work with this person? You want to just know who you are and then what you're actually looking for. And if y- I mean, if you don't know God and all that, then how are you going to know if it's actually the right thing to do? Um, but the other thing that I've heard people like, this is the question that I sort of like lightly disagree with um, just because when it's talked about singleness as a season of preparing, I always sort of was confused by that because it's like, okay. Like why am why is this a season of preparing and then it makes it sound like marriage is a season of going out and doing where I'm like I can do just as much in a do season that. of singleness as I can in a season of marriage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What would you want to call it then?
0: If it's not a, a season of being prepared, what what is it? What kind of season is it? Is it
3: a season? I guess like it can be a season of being prepared for marriage, but it shouldn't be seen as a season of being prepared for your mission because you can be on your mission far before you're yeah. married.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Um, what do you do when you feel like everyone around you is in a relationship or is fine, someone is dating, is getting married um, and you have that feeling of jealousy, what do you do with that?
1: It's a great question, Brittany, what do you do?
2: That? Question, do, you do? <laughs> it throws it back. <laughs>
0: No, I, I mean
1: hear your you know, thoughts I think the social media fast did not come is huge. The way you to. Sorry, <laughs> that social media fast isn't huge because, yeah. like, if you're constantly looking at people who are showing their best life and doing all these things that maybe you are jealous of, maybe cut that out of your life. It it also comes to um, accepting yourself for who you are and where you're at, right? Because we're all in different parts of our journey. We're all learning different things. We all have. Um, different wisdoms to share with people. So I think that um, if you're envious of other people, then you're not recognizing what God has put inside of you, right? You've got these gifts and these talents to share with the world and to um, share God's love, yeah. Yeah, oh, where are you going?
3: I actually just wanted to tee Brittany up because I think uh, (laughs) I've heard her say something pretty wise about this, about uh, just God writing stories. So rather than me share your (laughs) words, want me to share? Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with the whole idea of becoming jealous, it is something and an emotion you have to rein in as soon as you start to feel it, because you can so quickly become bitter, and um, not just bitter about your own life and your own situation, but it's so easy to become bitter towards other people, and then when you become bitter towards other people, you start to isolate yourself, and you start to withdraw from that community, and that's just such a dangerous thing to do. Um, When it comes to jealousy, though, I think that um, comparison and comparing your life with someone else is another way to translate that. Um, and, yeah, when it comes to that, comparing my life with other people, God has been teaching me a lot over this past year about stories and how he is just such an incredible author, and he writes incredible stories. And um, I don't know when this was, sometime in the past year I was just praying over this and um, maybe feeling, on, if I'm honest, like a little bit of those feelings of like, everyone is in a relationship right now. Like, some of the closest people in my life are starting these relationships, and I'm so happy for them, and I'm so excited for them, but like, when is it my turn? Like, why is this, these amazing things happening for them, and why are they not happening for me? And um, God was just so quick to speak into that, and to first tell me to rein in that thought, because that's not what was going on there. Um, But second of all, he told me, um, and it was just one of those moments where it's like, he doesn't It's not an audible voice, but you just know it's from God because I could not come up with that myself. Um, And he just said, he's like, Brittany, I have written the greatest love story of all time. I created the story where a man comes to earth, sacrifices absolutely everything for the person he loves, and not knowing if that person was going to reject him or not, but he sacrificed everything. And so God said, I am the greatest writer of the love stories of all time don't you think that I'm going to write you a good one too? And that was just a way that God um, spoke into my life and and gave me some promises, but also just any time I start feeling um, that feeling of jealousy towards someone else's story, I'm like, but that's their story. God is writing a pretty darn good story for me. And it's that idea of, it's just like a whole new level of trust, of am I going to believe in the words that God says or am I going to believe in the words that culture is telling me that I should be in a relationship Um, so it's hard, but that's, I just keep going back to those little promises that God has given me over the years, um, and I allow my life to just be standing on the rock of that instead of, you know, standing on, on the uneven ground of comparison and jealousy. Um, one more thing before we, um, transition back into worship. Ooh, there's actually so many questions I want to (laughs) ask. Um, Okay, we're going to do a speed round here because there's actually some things I really want to talk about. Okay, um, how do you know if you're making relationships an idol in your life and what do you do if you are? Really fast, guys.
1: (laughs) You probably are, but that's okay because (laughs) you can just give it to God. I think that giving it to God and recognizing that it is important to you and then giving it back to him and letting him have... The final say in everything in your life is so important. Like, I think that idols are everywhere. Like, every time I watch TV, I'm like, is this an idol? Am I wasting my time just watching TV? Or am I wasting my time, like, I have fun playing sports or, like, frisbee golf or whatever? Like, is this an idol in my life? Probably not. But a relationship, if you're putting it on that pedestal, um, might be.
3: Yeah. Real quick, any other comments on that? Um, I think if you're, if you're compromising, like, what you want in a relationship, you're probably making it an idol. If you're going, oh, this guy's great, except for all these things, that's fine, but I really want a relationship, so I'll just ignore those, and it might be becoming an idol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matthew, anything?
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you think relationships is the pinnacle of the human experience, uh, then uh, it's, it's an idol. Uh, if, you were, if you were to die and feel like, God, I'd be mad at you if I haven't, haven't uh, had a kid or ha- had a husband or a wife, I'd be mad at you. These are all indications. Uh, I'd say you probably want to repent um, uh, because um, it's, it's sinful to put anything above God. Uh, God did that to me. Um, it showed me how entitled I felt to have a uh, to, to have a relationship, and so he uh, just told me to repent, and um, so that's a good thing. And then, of course, uh, you want to make sure that you have a support system in place. I think a lot of people here don't have best friends, and what I mean by a best friend is someone in their life that they can— totally share exactly how they're feeling as raw as they possibly can. And that other person is just going to be like, I love you, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to support you. A lot of people don't have that. That's a skill that I think uh, has been lost. uh, And we need to encourage those things as well.
0: Awesome. All right, last one. Um, There can be a lot of fears when it comes uh, to relationships, you know, fears of commitment, fears of heartbreak, fears of bringing in all your baggage, um, fears of rejection. Uh, What do you do if you have the desire to be in a relationship, but you feel like you're being held back?
1: by fear. That's tough one. Gotta answer. <laughs> oh. There's got to be some Either wisdom on this stage. I think you can't make decisions out of fear. I think that if you're, if you're looking at your life in a sober way, and you're looking at the way that you want to live it, and you're making decisions on fear, you have to reflect on that, and maybe change the way that you're making those decisions. There's always going to be fear, and see how to step outside of your comfort zone. Maybe there's a baby step or a, a small way that you can improve. Um, like, oh, I'm not good at talking to girls. So maybe you talk to, maybe talk to just regular people. You talk to them like the regular people and then get better, right? So I think that if you're living your life or if you're making decisions out of fear, you're making the wrong choices.
3: Yeah, I think when I felt fear about uh, relationships or, or vulnerability or fear of rejection or heartbreak or whatever, I've just sort of come back to a okay but I trust God and so I know even if everything goes the worst way that I can imagine it going I'll still have him. Yeah. And so that's that's all you need. Amazing. Well, let's just end on that note. Can we thank
0: everyone a part of our conversation tonight? Thank you. Okay,